Well, this morning we are blessed, um, as per normal when we have high school graduation, we bring in one of our, our special missionaries who serve our campuses, Chi Alpha. And today we are so blessed to have Jesse and Raylan Cook with us. They are serving at Kent State University. And uh, it's been really amazing. I follow these guys on Facebook, and I follow what God's doing in their ministry, and, and it's been really, really cool to see, even in the last few years, what God has exploded and begins to do at, uh, at Kent State. And we're just so blessed to have him, and he's got some guests he's going to introduce here in a few moments. And so uh, would you welcome with me Jesse Raylan Cook to Boswell Assembly. Awesome, awesome. Well, praise God. Hey, I was excited to uh, hear about the, the uh, golf with the pastor there. Um, hope you guys will take advantage of that. Um, I don't know if you know this, last week the pastor Joe actually had a hole-in-one on the golf course. And so if, uh, if you want to learn how to get a hole-in-one, uh, you should probably, you should probably hang out with this guy a little bit on the golf course. So, <laughs> hey, we're glad to be here this morning. Um, I want to introduce you guys a little bit to my family. Um, they're popping up on the, uh, the, the screen here. But this is my wife, Ray Lynn, right in front, waving to you guys. And uh, on the screen there, you see my, my two sons. The oldest is Justice, and the uh, youngest is Silas. And um, they like to eat, so we're saving money already for uh, grocery bills here coming up. But uh, we're, we're a family on mission together, and, um, and God is doing good things. We have some more guests here with us today. This is uh, Hader, waving to you guys. And this is Nicole. And uh, I'm not going to talk too much about them right now. They're going to share a little bit later on today. But uh, I just want to start off by saying a huge thank you to this church. Uh, you guys are giving to missions uh, faithfully, often sacrificially. Um, we're part of that. You, you, when you give, you're not just giving to some, you know, whatever. You're giving to families like us trying to advance the kingdom in places like Kent State. And we just want to say a huge thank you to you guys for just your faithfulness for that. Uh, it's making a difference. And uh, we're going to share some more this morning about that, so we appreciate you guys. You know, Hader and I were walking around campus uh, not too long ago, the end of the semester, and we were asking students, hey, what's your opinion of Jesus? <laughs> we got a lot of different answers. Remember that? We had a lot of different answers that, that day, and uh, I was really amazed that so many of them said, um, well, they didn't really think he was a person. They kind of thought Jesus was just this idea of philosophy, but aren't you glad this morning that Jesus really existed? <laughs> Right? I mean, literally, the living God came down as flesh and lived as a perfect human. He was here. He walked. He ate food. He died. He came back to life. Right? And because of Jesus, we have everything, don't we? We literally have everything. Life in the fullest sense of the word, we have it because of Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited to uh, share some more about that with you. But a picture coming up here is uh, of a young man named Dan. And Dan just graduated. He's... <laughs> He's really, he's like all for Kent State there, uh, all decked out. But uh, Dan graduated just a couple weeks ago uh, from Kent State, and we knew him as a freshman. And before Dan got to campus, um, he, as we all do, kind of had a challenging story in our background, right? You see, Dan, uh, his mother actually had passed away unexpectedly uh, when he was in high school. And uh, he's left with him and his two brothers, and his dad wasn't really involved in his life, really had... Uh, just some addictions in life, drugs, things like that, and so wasn't super involved. So before Dan even got to college, he'd spent time in and out of homeless shelters. And uh, comes to college, we got connected with Dan, just started investing in his life, right? Just started inviting him over to be a part of, of our, our family. And um, a couple years ago, I uh, 
actually stood with Dan uh, at the graveside of his father. Uh, he passed away uh, while he was in college. So he was a young man with, with no mom, no, no dad. He's in college, and um, God placed us there not by accident, right? God doesn't do things by accident. And God put us there on that campus to make an investment in young men like Dan. And so Dan, one of the things he's a part of, different things in Chi Alpha, we, we have like a weekly service that happens. We have outreaches that we do. We have one big thing is called our DNA groups, where it's like this groups of three or four of the same gender get together, and we just discover in God's word, and we share life with each other. And so Dan was part of our DNA group, and the very last meeting we had, his very last one before, as he graduated, it was all done, he shared something with us. He was thinking about his, his experience through college and his time with Chi Alpha, and he kind of summed it up this way. He said, I read this verse the other day, and it reminded me of, of just my experience and what it was like for Chi Alpha. And it's Proverbs 13, 20. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Man, how great is that? that here's a young man that needs, needs some, imp, some input in his life. And he, he looks back on his experience through college, and he says, sums it up this way, that, that he was walking with the wise when he was with Chi Alpha. And so I just want to thank you for your investment, because you guys are making a difference in lives like Dan's life and many other lives on that campus, and it's not by accident. Amen? Amen. So, hey, my wife and I, we've been there now eight years. Can you believe it? Eight years, Raylan, that we have finished up now, eight years of ministry at Kent State, and it has been good. There's been challenges. There's been victories. There's been hard ground. There's been fruit, and uh, at the end of eight years, I kind of have some perspective this morning, and there's two really big realizations that I have. Number one is this, that there are tens of thousands of students that are suffering that are broken, that are hurting, that are lost, and are destined for hell, except for the intervention of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' words, they're sheep without a shepherd. They're the sick that are in need of a doctor. And the guides that they have to lead them are blind guides. <laughs> you guys at work, you ever know... Maybe you're, you're a follower of Jesus this morning, and maybe you know somebody, you're at work, and you hear someone giving advice, right? And they're not a Christian. And you might think, that is the worst advice I've ever heard. <laughs> have you had that experience before? Man, I have. These students have, because it's the blind leading the blind on that campus. And so the fields are ripe for harvest. <laughs> they're ripe for harvest. The second big thing I realize is this is that Jesus loves, Jesus loves incredibly this mass of humanity called the Kent State student. We have almost 30,000 students on that campus, and Jesus Christ loves them more than we can ever imagine. Because of that, Jesus has sent us, Jesus sent Ray Lynn and I to reach out to this mass of students. And there's two, two things that God wants us to do there. Two things that God wants us to do. One is that they would experience the gospel. You know, it's one thing to kind of know with our minds something, isn't it? We can kind of understand it, like the words. And the, but it's another thing to experience what that's like, isn't it? Well, Jesus wants us there to help students experience what the gospel is all about. And number two, that they become mature followers of Jesus. They become mature followers of Jesus. Disciples. If you have a Bible this morning, go ahead and turn to John chapter 14. And this is uh, the part of the Bible, part of the story where Jesus is with his disciples. They had just had the, the Last Supper. And uh, Jesus is talking to them. In John 14, we're going to look at verses 1 to 7. But Jesus says this, Let not 
your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. Listen to this. That where I am, you may be also. Can we just let that sink in a little bit this morning? That where I am, you may be also. You ever thought about why did Jesus do all that he did? Why did Jesus love us the way that he loves us? Why did Jesus come and even just the time that he came and the place that he came, he came not as this king that was getting all kinds of comforts and, and honor. He came as a poor person. But also he didn't have a place to lay his head. Think about it. I mean, Jesus never had things like things that we enjoy, like air conditioning, right? Today we're going to love that, aren't we? He never had things like ice cream, <laughs> But Jesus came in a time and place, in a way, that makes us often think, why did he do that? Why did he serve the way that he did? Why did he put up with those bonehead disciples <laughs> the way that he did? I mean, he had Judas as part of his group, right? Why did he do that? Why did Jesus, why did he go to the cross, allow himself to be humiliated and tortured to death? Why? I think it's right here. That where I am, you may be also. Jesus says this to his followers. He says it to his disciples. And he says it to us this morning, us following Jesus. That where I am, you may be also. This is what Jesus says to us. Verse 4, and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas, who's a really smart guy, says, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said this, I am the way and the truth. And the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am the way and the truth and the life. Here's the thing about Jesus is that he shows us the way, right? He shows us and teaches us the truth, the way for doing life as humans, right? Jesus shows us that. And, and here's the thing, the gospel is really this. It's the ways and truths of Jesus, a lot of times we kind of just stop with the story of, well, Jesus died, he came back, back you know, from the dead, and, and that's, that's part of the truth of Jesus. But there's a whole lot more, my friends. There's ways and truths of Jesus that as we're following him, we want it to be a part of our lives. See, the gospel isn't something that has happened. The gospel is something that's happening right now. Because the gospel is what? It's good news. It's great news. Did you know it's great news who Jesus is, the way he lived, and the way he showed us how to do it? You ever feel like, man, I'm, I'm just feel like I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> Look to Jesus, <laughs> right? Because his ways and his truths are the way, are, are good news for us today. And because Jesus is Lord, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we do that in every part of our lives, don't we? Well, Jesus, you'll be Lord just in this area, but not over here. No, we don't do that. We, we make Jesus Lord. He is Lord of everything. Because Jesus is Lord of everything, that means the gospel, his ways and truths, our good news for every single part of our lives. The ways of Jesus, the truths of Jesus are good news for us. The way we sleep, the way we eat, the way we relate with each other, the way we spend our time and money, right? That's good news for us, my friends. You see, I think we all kind of start off with what I like to call this human default mode. Human default mode. Now, I'll just explain that a little bit. See, we all grew up in certain families, didn't we? 
And we all have certain traditions and certain ways of doing life. And um, you don't realize that it's kind of weird until you get married, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait, you do it that way? Why? And then you fight till one in, one in the morning and, you know, uh, work through it. But we have these ways of doing life that we just kind of grew up a certain way. The culture that we're in, the families that we're part of, the, the histories that happened to us. And uh, we sort of live that way until it comes up against something else. And Jesus is that something else that shows us a different way than the way of human default norm. I'll give an example of this. Uh, not too long ago, last semester, it was, it was in January, one of those really, really cold days out, like bitter cold, the wind's blowing, you know, you walk outside and like, it hurts to be outside. <laughs> you know, like just to breathe air hurts your body. And uh, you know God's calling you when you live in a place like that. Um, but we're outside, and I'm going, I'm driving by campus in Kent, and I'm praying, God, just, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you help me to represent your kingdom. God, help me to, to live the way you want me to, and, and just give me opportunity to, to help someone experience the gospel, right? I'm praying that as I drive by campus. I have to get gas. I stop at, if you've been through Kent, there's like a Sheets gas station there. Some of you guys know where it's at. And um, I get out, and I start pumping gas, and right away I see a guy walking up to me. I know who's homeless. You can just tell the way he's, he's dressed and what, you know, how, what he's carrying with him, bags and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, man, you got $2. I just, I'm just trying to catch the bus. Now, my human default mode kicks in. I don't, even, I, don't even, I don't even stop to think about it. Right away I say, oh, no, man, sorry, I don't have anything. I don't have any cash on me. Why did I do that? Because in the family I grew up in, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, Right? And I'm not supposed to just give money to homeless people. Why? Because I was taught, well, they're probably just going to take that money and go buy drugs and alcohol and, and use it how, or whatever. That's what I was taught growing up. And, but here's the thing. In that instant, in that moment, the Holy Spirit just said, hey, man, Jesse, what are you doing? Do you want to represent the kingdom today? <laughs> Do you want to show the love of Jesus? I mean, because Christ kind of said something, right? Like, his way is what? To love others. To treat them the way that what? You would want to be treated. See how the way of Jesus is different than my human default mode? And all this is sort of happening, crushing down on me in that, in that split second where I'm, I'm standing there pumping gas and I'm feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And God's saying, hey, buddy, wake up. Here's your chance right here. Because the reality was this. I had 100 bucks in cash in my wallet. I just had a birthday. My birthday's in January. Right? And I had money. I had the change in my car. It was all there. And so I went and I was able to get the money and go, and go give it to the guy. But each of you have a human default mode. You know that? There's a way that you're just kind of doing life because of how you saw your parents do it. And that's how you've always done it. But what is the way and truth of Jesus, my friends? This is the gospel. And let me tell you, it's not a burden for us because Jesus told us it's a light thing. It's not a heavy burden he gives us. It's a thing of freedom. And I just want us to see it this morning. Here's why. This is what we're all about at Kent State. This is what God, the passion God has given us, that people would really experience the freedom of the gospel, the good news. It's not just old, ancient history, philosophy, ideas. It's for us, for me, for you, right now, today, every single human being. The gospel is good news. The good news of Jesus is for you right now. And so this morning, let's say you're caught up in the American dream. I've been there. What's the American dream, my friends? But what, to, you want to get a you want to graduate high school with really good grades. Well, I can get in a good college and work really hard to get a, a good, you know, good grade, you know, good GPA from college so you can get that career, right? Why? So you can make money and, and you want to get married and have the kids and the dog and the house, the fence and the 
couple cars and, you know, live a little bit of time and, uh, you know, get divorced, get remarried, you know, <laughs> move to Florida, retire, collect seashells, right? That's, that's the American dream, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of what people are kind of doing. But here's the thing. Doesn't Jesus weigh a little different than that, my friends? And isn't there a freedom in it? Because here's the thing. I think when that day comes and we're standing in front of Jesus, we're standing in front of the just judge, and he's saying, hey, what'd you do with the life I gave you? And, and he, I don't think, like, hand him a pocket of shells is going to be a really good thing in that moment, right? Because I think Jesus has called us to more, hasn't he? Matthew 28, what does he tell us? Right before he, he goes up and ascends into heaven, he says, go therefore in all the world, make disciples. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, what does Paul talk about? He talks about how we as his followers have this ministry of reconciliation. Fancy way of saying we get to be a part of other people coming to know Jesus Christ. Think about that. We're all flawed. We're all messed up. <laughs> we're not perfect. We won't be till we're with Jesus. But yet God lets us, in fact, God has commissioned us to be a part of the process of other people coming to know Jesus, other people coming to experience the freedom of life with Jesus. We get to be a part of it. We have purpose because of Jesus. And it's more than collecting shells. <laughs> Thank God. We struggle with that. Along the way, we, we want to have the right brands that we're wearing and the right this and that and look a certain way and listen to the right music and do the, all these things. Ah, Jesus has called us to a greater purpose, my friends. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. If you know the example, I won't ask how many because I think all of us will raise our hand. Think about the broken relationships in our lives. Maybe it's a family member where... Over the years, this and this and this, and you know what? It's just you've grown apart. Maybe it's a friend that you had that you thought was a friend. Turns out they weren't really a friend. <laughs> We've all been there. And it's hard, and it's painful, and it's messed up. And that reality is there because of sin. Sin scatters, but Jesus gathers. Sin makes us withdraw from community, but Jesus unites it. And so here's the thing, the gospel is for us right now. Think about the way of Jesus in regards to the community that we have. Look across this room, why are we here this morning? Why is this group of people here? Why? It's because of Jesus. It's because of the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. And he's changing us. Once we were dead, now we're alive in Jesus. It's through Jesus, him covering the sin that we have, him taking away the shame that we have and giving us honor. The weakness that we have in place of that is his power. Right, we're together here because of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I think about his way about this. You see, Jesus did this thing where he didn't show up and expect the community to serve him. In fact, it was the other way around. It was him for the community. Didn't he live that way? I mean, he's washing the disciples' feet, taking on the role of a servant. He's not expecting them to come and bring him whatever. Jesus is, it's him for the community. And ultimately, what did he do? He went to the cross, didn't he? Right? Jesus said, it's me for the community, not the community for me. And doesn't that just fly in the face of default mode for us as most Americans? We show up to a place and we want to know, what am I going to get out of this? I'm going to pay my money and I should get something out of it. And so we kind of think about, well, how is this whole community going to benefit me? How is it going to serve me? How is it going to meet my needs? How is it going to satisfy me? Where instead, Jesus is saying to us, 
how are we going to serve? How are we going to bless this community? How are we going to come in here and serve the community? That's the way of Jesus, my friends. <laughs> That's the way of Jesus. It's his truth. I'll give one more example about it. And this is a big one, I think, for a lot of us. We really, we compare ourselves a lot to other people, don't we? <laughs> Man, we're always sort of like lining up ourselves with how's that person doing it? And a lot of times when we start doing that kind of thing, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes we start to feel bad about ourselves. Because our own sort of thing that we're saying to ourselves in our head is you're not good enough. You know, you, you'll never be like that person. Right? You, and this is the kind of thing the enemy kind of jumps on that and really messes with our identities a little bit, doesn't he? Oh, you're not perfect. You're not worth it. How can God still love you? Oh, you guys, if you're real and thinking, you probably have experienced that before, right? If you, like, are authentic about just your experience in life, you've, you've struggled with that. And I think a lot of us have felt shame for in our lives for something that we shouldn't have felt shame for. <laughs> but the enemy makes us feel that way. We get depressed and have anxiety over things that could have been or should have been or weren't. But here's the thing, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is for us right now. Think about the way of Jesus. Think about what happened to him, what he taught. Do you remember that part of the Bible where there's, remember John the Baptist? You guys remember him? He was out baptizing people in the Jordan River. Remember how Jesus comes to him, right? And Jesus says, baptize me. And, and John baptizes Jesus, comes up out of that water. Remember what happens? The Bible talks about how this dove descends from heaven, and there's this voice they hear from heaven. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Do you guys remember that story? Can I tell you it's really, really significant? Because Jesus hadn't yet really started his public ministry yet. So before Jesus even does anything, he already has the delight and the pleasure and the blessing of the Father. Isn't that incredible? Think about that for yourself now. Before you even do anything, just by the nature of your relationship with our Heavenly Father, He looks at you and says, this is my son, this is my daughter, with whom I'm well pleased. I tell you, we, we put these burdens on ourselves, we put this unrealistic standard of absolute perfection on ourselves, that's not there. Yeah, we should strive for excellence and we should strive for holiness, but who was that? That was Jesus. He gives us that. And God accepts you. God loves you. He's a good father. Right? We're human beings, not human doings. <laughs> right? Can I tell you, the gospel's good news for us right now. Do you realize that? Man, I hope that this morning some of you are experiencing just some freedom from maybe just the way you've been thinking, the way you've been living because of what Jesus has done. And so that's part, that's one big thing that we're trying to do at Kent State is that we want people, we want students who are broken and messed up and they're just living life by the human default mode. We want them to experience the freedom, the healing, the power, the honor of the gospel. And the second big thing was this, is that we want, we want people to follow Jesus well. <laughs> we want people to become mature followers of Jesus. So if, if the gospel is the way and truth of Jesus, then to be a disciple is to live out the ways and truths of Jesus in increasing ways in our lives. 
And so um, I'm not talking this morning about being a better Christian. I'm talking about being a, a better follower of Jesus. I'm talking about being more mature in Jesus. So that's a question to ask ourselves right now. This is a big question for all of you following Jesus. Here's the question. Am I more mature in Jesus today than I was this time last year? Am I more mature in Jesus today than I was this time last year? And I didn't say closer, because honestly, like, if you have Jesus, he's living inside you. <laughs> you can't get much closer than that. But are you more mature in him? Are you believing more the truth that he has for your life? Are you living out more the things that he wants you to do, the way of Jesus? Are we more mature right now than we were at this point last year? And so one, of the, one thing might be uh, is that we start to show things like uh, we're a disciple who makes other disciples. Because Jesus told us to do that. And I want you to think about this morning. I'm going to share some stories, have these guys come up and share a little story. Um, here's the thing. Think about uh, trees for a second and a seed. Inside one seed is the DNA for an entire forest, isn't there? Because you get a seed, you get a tree. If you get a tree, you get more seeds, you get more seeds, you get more trees, and that's a forest. Inside, this is the way the Creator made it. Inside every Christian, inside every follower of Jesus, you have the DNA for an entire movement for the kingdom. Because if you can get one follower of Jesus, the DNA is in there for you to do what? Make another follower of Jesus, another disciple. And that disciple does what? Makes another follower of Jesus. This is how the Creator has sort of made us to function. And so I look out across this room, and I don't see any dead people in here. <laughs> I see a bunch of people that have the DNA inside of them, no matter what stage of life you are in, to make more followers of Jesus, to make a movement for the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us about that. Holy Spirit leads us in how we do this. So there's massive potential here this morning. So at Kent Chi Alpha, the way we kind of express these ideas and things is really simply this. We say we're a family on mission together with Jesus. We're a family on mission together with Jesus. It talks about our relationships with each other. It talks about our purpose. It's not just a you know, graduate college. That's a big one. <laughs> but there's more to it than just going to school and getting a good GPA. Right? There's a purpose to it, and it's to help people be reconciled to Christ. When we're with Jesus, our identity isn't so much in the clothes we wear or the jobs we work or the friends we have. Our identity is in Jesus. We're with him, and we're listening. We're listening from him. Jesus, what do you want? What are you speaking to me? What do you want me to do about it? And so we're family on mission together with Jesus. And um, so, yeah, we do a lot of different stuff with that, but um, I'm going to have uh, these guys come and take take a little bit of time this morning. So, uh, Hater and Nicole, come on up here, guys. You guys can clap for them. Welcome them to the stage for me this morning. So, a couple of things before you guys talk. Um, Nicole is a graduate of Kent State, and she actually, cool thing about, she actually was part of the cheerleading team at Kent. And... Uh, she quit the cheerleading to be more involved with Chi Alpha, and so it's pretty amazing just her character and what God's calling her to do. I'll let her share about that, um, but um, it's her birthday today, so uh, we'll just get that out there. She agreed to come and hang out with us, um, uh, and then Hater here, uh, <laughs> this church, um, if you guys remember about a year ago, Pastor Joe coming and talking about a young man that... Um, 
needed some help to stay in the country. And uh, this church took up an offering for, for that young man from Saudi Arabia that he would stay in this country and uh, give a significant amount. And this guy, Hader, is standing on the stage today probably because of this church and that offering. And so can you show a picture real quick, guys? This is the day, this is the day uh, last year that I took Hader and we paid off his bill <laughs> at the bursar's office. And there he is holding that, that receipt paid in full. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I'm not going to steal too much from these guys anymore. But one last thing, um, they're getting married on Saturday. So anyway, <laughs> all right, come and share. Um, I don't know if you want to go first, Nicole, and then Hader, you can go. Thanks, Jesse. Well, good morning. Uh, we are so excited to be here with you guys and just share what the Lord's been doing in our life. And uh, first, we just want to say a huge thank you to you guys. Uh, we're humbled to be in front of you today and see you guys face to face um, and just thank you. Uh, thank you on our behalves for what you've invested into Kent Chi Alpha, uh, for your investment in Jesse and Ray Lynn. Um, we are products of their ministry at Kent State. And so our lives are radically different because of what Jesus did in them uh, at Kent State uh, to us. And so just to illustrate that, uh, Jesse's marrying us, Raylan's my maid of honor, and their son is our ring bearer. So they are really like family to us. And so uh, we are so grateful for them. So thank you for the investment that you've been making in the ministry at Kent State. And also uh, for the investment, like Jesse just mentioned, uh, to keep Hater, I know he's going to thank you, but um, I thank you for him, too. I like him a lot, so <laughs> thank you so much. So I'll let him uh, share a little bit first. So, uh, Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Uh, thank you, Church, for us today and uh, for helping me. I remember last, uh, uh, it was last summer when I was uh, uh, like uh, two months two month after, or maybe or three months after I became Christian. Then the first week I became Christian, I lost my scholarship. And I remember sitting and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, like I was scared, I was afraid. I was like, now is that because I became Christian or what? But God, he showed me his way in my life, how he came through and how he helped me and gave me opportunity through church as you like. And it just was it was insane and crazy that the beast that he gave it to me while I'm going in my trial and in the bad time. And all what I hear is, don't worry, everything is going to be okay. And I'm with you. And as the song says, I surrender. And we surrender to him and I surrender to him. And when I did that, by, the, by God's grace, I really felt him in my life by give me a peace in my heart and to make me know that everything is going to be okay. So it feels like when you lost in the desert. I live in, I'm from Saudi Arabia, so I live like about 80 miles away from the desert. And the worst nightmare is you get lost there because there's nobody going to help you. So being without God, like, it is like you are really lost and you know where you're going. But you think that you're going in the right place. And you think you're going to end up going in heaven. And you think like, okay, I got it. I'm going to walk. I'm going to end up in heaven. And I'm, life is so perfect. Until I met Kayafa in my sophomore year. And they were like, 
they start to breach the gospel to me. And as I know, I grew up Muslim. I what I know, but Jesus, he's one of the prophets. Then I was fighting and fighting, and I was like, you guys wrong. You guys are going to really, gonna, like, you're not, you guys, you didn't get it. So I thought, like, I'm the one who's right, and I really, I need to help you because you guys need to come with me. And I didn't realize I'm the lost one. Until last October, two years ago, we went to Fall Brockway, which is the old Kayafa in uh, Ohio, or the Great Lakes Kayafa. And uh, it was awesome two days. Uh, and I wasn't like against going there because I was the only Muslim there. Why I want to go with a bunch of Christian people there. And uh, even like I didn't pay for my, uh, like my fees to go there. Her mom, she paid for it. And I was like, okay, it is free. So why not? <laughs> and I didn't know that God, he has planned for me that that day I'm going to get saved. And I remember, like, in the afternoon service, one of the speakers, he was, hey, uh, what about you guys? Go and speak with God and pray for him. At that time, I was, like, Muslim, but I don't know, like, we, we can't speak to God or pray with him, and we, we have freedom with him. So until one day, uh, the same day at the, evening, uh, the, at the afternoon, I was praying. I was like, if you're the real God, if you're the God that you want me to worship, you come to me. I cannot come to you. Like, I'm not going. I'm not going to take any steps further. Until in the evening, uh, I felt, like, weird. I felt like it is time. And even, like, two weeks before, I was telling Jesse and Nicole and everyone, like, I feel like I'm going to get saved, but I don't know how or when. So until the service in the evening, uh, I was praying and I was worshiping, like, and I was still Muslim. Then until the speaker, he asked, who want to give his life to Jesus Christ? And I raised my hand. A few seconds later, I'm at the altar, and people praying over me, and I accepted him. It was a scary feeling. It was, uh, it was like a, a safe place, but still empty. Like, you, you cannot, like, you didn't know what you feel. I thought, like, everything is going to be fine. Like, I'm now, okay, I'm okay. Life is going to be great. Then after I say, get saved, a week later, I lost my place, I almost lost my car, and I lost my scholarship. And I was so afraid what I'm going to do next, but always I was sure that I'm going to be okay because God, he's going to get me. Then, of course, you guys helped me, other people helped me, uh, I got my, I got for a whole year, I lived in a house for zero rent for the whole year. Of course, I asked my parents to help me. They only give me two options. Either I keep my car or keep my place. So, of course, I love my car so much that I keep my car. <laughs> uh, then, the awesome thing is, like, God provided people to be with me as Kayafa to be in this journey and to guide me and to, to take me from place to other place and to show me that who God is. And I'm so blessed to have you guys in my life and to have people in Kayafa in my life too and to show me God's love and who is the truly God that I need really worship. And this is all a glimpse of my story because God is not done for me yet and he's still working on me. And... 
me and Nicole were still gonna do Kayafa for until Cal, God called us for something else. And uh, I just looked at her, finish. <laughs> Thanks, Penny. Well, can we just give it up for Jesus, what he's done in his life? Yeah. Super grateful. And uh, Jesus has done a lot in my life in college um, as well. I came to college thinking I had it all together, and I was chasing that American dream, like Jesse said. Um, I was a nursing student, a Kent State cheerleader, uh, going to church every Sunday, thought I had it all down. And uh, through being in Chi Alpha, I experienced the gospel like I never had before. Um, it just went from being knowledge of the gospel to seeing how the gospel was lived out in everyday life. And that demanded a verdict from me. Um, what am I going to do with this? And so uh, the Lord got a hold of my heart, and I felt the call into full-time ministry. And so Raylan discipled me through that, what that looked like. And um, so I graduated Kent State with a public health degree, and immediately I went and did a give a year with Kent Chi Alpha. And so um, the motto of a give a year is give a year and pray about a lifetime. And so I did. And I felt like the Lord was calling me um, to lifetime ministry. And for this season, it was Chi Alpha. And so I, um, this past year, I just got back last week uh, from Dayton, Ohio. I did the Chi Alpha internship there. And so I got to hang out with Cameron for a year. That was really cool at Wright State. And um, now I am back and committed to serve uh, four years at Kent State with Jesse and Lynn. And so we are super excited for this next chapter. We thank you guys so much uh, just for the opportunity to get to share what Jesus has done uh, in our lives through Chi Alpha. Thank you. Praise God. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So obviously, uh, we're very excited to have them join our team, and uh, it's an answer to eight years of prayer for us. And so we're so glad that uh, to see what God's doing, what he's going to continue to do. And so Again, thanks for your investment in us, investment in the kingdom. Um, we just want to wrap up this morning um, and hear what God's speaking to you. And so can we end in just a, a time of prayer this morning? Let's go ahead and bow our, our heads here and close our eyes. And um, it's a really simple thing. I want you to answer for yourself this morning. One, what is Jesus speaking to you this morning? And two, what are you going to do about it? What is Jesus speaking to you? What's the Holy Spirit putting on your heart this morning? Number two, what are you going to do about it? Maybe this morning, the thing he's speaking to you is that, hey, you need to follow Jesus. You need to follow Jesus this morning. And so don't, don't miss that. Make a commitment today to follow Christ. Make a commitment today to make him the Lord, not yourself, not somebody else, not some... Not the American dream, but him. What's Jesus speaking to you this morning? The band's going to play this morning. And just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What does God want you to do? And what are you going to do about it?
And so, Holy Spirit, I pray today that as we have heard from you, that our action, God, would be, yes, Lord. I surrender my life. I give you whatever it is that you're asking of me today. Lord, today, if, there, if, if that means we're giving our heart to you, God, today I'm all in. If it means that I'm giving my, my life, my career, my thoughts, my hopes, my dreams, whatever that is, God, for us this morning, help us to be able to say I'm all in. Surrender all. I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be more mature in my walk with Jesus. I'm going to seek after you with all my heart. We thank you, Lord, today. I pray for life change, God, today. Thank you for the word that was spoken to our hearts this morning. Thank you, God, for the challenge that was given to us today. The life is so much more than just about us. But it's about going through life with the vision of Christ in our eyes and in our heart. So God, I pray, help us to be that way, Lord. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Our brothers are going to help us this morning. We're going to receive an offering for our guests. If you're making out a check, make it out to Byesville Assembly of God Church. We'll make sure that we write one check for the Cook family today in the ministry. So grateful for folks that are willing to give their life in missions and to see God do great things on the college campus. I'm a firm believer that our campuses, high school and college, are the greatest mission field. There are people from all over the world. Did you realize this? There are people from all over the world that are coming to our universities to study and to learn. What an opportunity. The world's coming to us. And we get an opportunity to invest Jesus into them. Today we're just asking you if you would help us and want to invest into their ministry today. So, Father, I pray that as we make it this financial investment, God, into them, I pray that not only would you bless it, but continue to bless their ministry. Let Kent State Chi Alpha do amazing things, God and reach people for Jesus. May the, the, the favor of God continue to just pour over them. Open doors with campus administration and, and uh, Lord, those officials, God, in high places. Open doors of, with athletic officers. Open doors, God, in, in different venues, God, that maybe they never even dreamed possible. God, use them to see people, students, come to know Christ. God, we just give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give.